On today's show, how far can the Mavs make it in the playoffs this year? Is it time to get worried about Jalen Brunson? And is it time to put Spencer Dinwiddie in the starting lineup? We got a lot of questions from you guys. Nick Eng said Lauren Gunn will answer it on today's Locked On Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavs Podcast. believe you shouldn't be here. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where you can subscribe to the show. Thank you to everybody that listened after the loss yesterday. I'm so su- I'm always surprised that those that come back after a loss, especially one that bad. Joining me, uh, my co-host today, guest of the show, friend of the pod, contributor at Mavs Moneyball Writer. Uh, what you got for me, Lauren Gunn? Honestly, I'm just glad it's a new day. Like you said, <laughs> I don't think I could handle thinking about yesterday's game. Like I was excited for it all day, and then I just oh, that's sad too. <laughs> yeah, because everybody's like, I'm ready to tra- talk trash to the Knicks fans. I'm ready for it, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm ready for it too. And then it just ugh. Lauren, it's all they have. That's all they have. I talked. To, I literally was on <laughs> was on Locked On NBA with Alex Wolf, host of Locked On Knicks, <laughs> and was like. That's all you guys got, man. You got RJ, and they got beating the Mavs. That's like the only thing they have right now as, as far as the Knicks. Yeah, I'm genuine. I mean, not to go on a whole thing, but I am genuinely worried about the Knicks and their future if uh, if they don't get it. If they don't get it together, I hate to say it, but I just... Mm. Especially if they're just keeping Tibbs, right? Well, this is not a Knicks podcast. All right. Right. On today's show, we're getting into a mailbag. We got a whole bunch of questions from you guys. Thanks to everybody that responded on Twitter at Lockdown Mavs or responded in the community tab, the post on YouTube. And uh, appreciate everybody that submitted their questions. We got a whole bunch of stuff on a playoff run this year. Can the Mavs make some kind of playoff run this year? Can Luka lead them to a title being the only all-star? Then we're going to talk all about Spencer Dinwiddie and Jalen Brunson. Uh, Jalen Brunson, his play as of late. Is it time to get worried about him playing against really good teams? Talk about that and share some numbers about him. And then Spencer Dinwiddie, he's played nine games with the Mavs this year. And is it time to put him into the starting lineup? Because he's just been that good. Let's start here, though, Lauren. Tim asked the question, how far do you think this Mavs team can go in the playoffs? Whew, this is this is a big question because their mm-hmm. goal, the goal has just been to win a first round series, right? But what is the ceiling of this team? Yeah, it's it's a tough question because as far as I mean, it, it all starts with the first round. It's got to be one round at a time. And so to me, a lot of it obviously hinders on what the matchup is. I don't like, I don't want to be naive and count out other teams in the West. Like if we do get past the first round, say if we do go up against someone like Utah, because personally, I know this may be an unpopular opinion, but like, I'm fine with Utah. Utah is like one of the few that I'm okay with. It is not an unpopular opinion on this show because Isaac Harris has been literally calling for them. Like Thor calls for (laughs) Thanos in in Endgame. He's like, bring me the jazz. Like every day he's been saying that. Yeah. I think Kirk thinks I'm crazy, but I am fine Lauren, with that, it. Lauren, that is a fine place to be in. <laughs> you know what? That's a, I'm gonna. That's a great. I'm gonna throw that back at him because you're you're so right. But I think with the Mavs, like Luca is on another level. Like he's doing great. Yeah. So like in terms of ceiling, it's difficult because when you have someone that good, it's really hard to like pinpoint where they can go. But right now, I think it needs to just be one series at a time. And I think that this team right now, even though the front court there are serious concerns there, they do have. Uh, enough talent to get them out of the first round. Yeah, it's a good place to to move into the, this next question from Jonah. What do the Mavs centers need to do defensively 
for the team to make a run in the playoffs. And you start looking at some of the matchups, and we'll get into them in just a minute, but the Mavs centers are kind of my biggest question, right? I mean, we're going to talk about Dinwiddie and Brunson and obviously Luka, but those three guys, like, I'm not super worried about them. Like, maybe the shooters, you're worried about, like, a, a game, like what happened against the Knicks the other night, but the Mavs centers are going to be huge in this run, in any series. You start looking around the teams, Memphis, Golden State, Utah, Denver, they all pose different kinds of threats to the Mavs. And the centers have to do drastically different things in, in all those series and guard different guys. And I think that's the that's the area that's going to be uh, under the biggest microscope. It's Dwight. It's the minutes of Maxi. It's Maxi hitting threes. It's Maxi getting back to the defense that he was at before he was, you know, before he was hurt, and even you know the defense that he's was at a couple years ago. Um, that's going to be the big thing. Does Marquise Chris factor into any of this? Does he ever come back from his right knee soreness? The guy has been, I mean, how long has Marquise Chris been out? I thought mm-hmm. he was going to be at least a little bit of a factor. Uh, will Bobon ever see the court again unless the Mavs only play Denver in, like, in the playoff series? <laughs> yeah. Um, that, I think, the Mavs centers defensively have to be absolutely massive for them. Yeah, it's it's a tough thing right now. And I so badly hope that they get Marquise Chris back because I do think that he's he would be a big part of it. But you also need enough time for him to be in shape and ready to go. And right now, when I'm watching Maxi and I'm watching Bertans, when he even gets out there, it almost yeah, seems I didn't like even mention him. Yeah, it seems like those two have and I I could just be getting this wrong, but it looks to me like they've kind of thrown each other off. Like Bertans doesn't look totally sure of himself as much as he did like the first two games after the trade. Maxi has been shooting pretty poorly for a good bit now. And it just looks like, I don't know how those two are like affecting each other. It just, and I don't even know if they are, it just doesn't look quite right. And so part of me wonders if over these next couple of games, we're going to see Bertans even less. And then maybe Maxi starts to get more of a rhythm back under him. That's my hope. But as far as defensively, like we know what each of these guys bring and bring to the table. And so like, you kind of just got to roll with it. Cause at this point you're not gonna, it's unreasonable to expect some massive change defensively. We've seen Davis Bertans in nine games. He is right now 13 of 44 from three. That's just, that's 29 and a half percent. And some of these, I mean, he's chucking up at the end of shot clocks. He's yeah. just throwing up these shots and some of them are bad threes, right? But if you take out like, I don't know, even like 10 of those bad threes, that's still not a great percentage for, for nope. Davis Bertans. Uh, and so I do think, I also agree with you. I think they're kind of experimenting with him, seeing if they can get his value up a little bit, like eating some of those minutes, especially with Chris out, Boban largely um, kind of unplayable because of this new system. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think we'll see less of Boban. Uh, and all of a sudden, this team that had like seven centers at the start of the season, and then all, then in the middle of the year, they only had like one center because all of them were unplayable. <laughs> now we're back to, we just have Dwight and Maxi, and that's kind of it, right? It's yeah. just back to those two guys again. And I, I agree with you. I do think Davis and Maxi, when they've been when they've been paired together, that should be a good pairing, right? On paper, it's like okay, both those guys can shoot. Maxi can roll a little bit. Davis can, uh, you know, Maxi can can cover Davis's you know, deficiencies defensively a little bit. You think those guys would play well together, but they do seem to not be able to know exactly where they're going. And I think Maxi playing with Dwight, Dwight always knows where to be. Dwight yes. always knows where to go. He just knows how to play with Luca. He knows how to play. Um, you know, Jason Kidd's system at this point. And I think that that pairing has been a lot better for Maxi. And now with Davis, it's just it's just a little messy. And they still have to try to figure out a little bit more uh, how to play together, where to be, where to go, and all that. I want to take a, a quick second to talk about uh, Boban because I've, we've gotten a lot of questions about Boban. Why why don't we play with Boban? You know, why don't, you know, everyone's, I think every game I get a tweet, why isn't Boban playing? Why not just throw Boban <laughs> out there? 
Mm. One of the reasons why they're not playing Boban is because of the big change the Mavs made in this, you know, just over, like all all over for their bigs, right? Their bigs now have to be have to be switchable and they have to be able to switch on to people. If you throw Boban in there, all of a sudden you cannot do your defense, right? Like the defense yeah. that has made your team one of the best in the NBA, right? Like second in the NBA over this last stretch. You cannot do that defense and many tenants of that defense if Boban is on the floor. Right. I mean, we're in a, and I don't want to say error. I feel like that's a dramatic way of putting it, but like a time where Dorian is spending a lot of time at the five in certain lineups and Reggie Bullock is playing games. Yeah. Yeah. And Reggie's playing the four, like throwing Boban in not obviously maybe not within that lineup, but like just within that philosophy, like you were saying, it just, it doesn't, it throws off what they're trying to do in terms of being so versatile and, and I guess switchable. And so I just, I think there are certain situations for Boban, but in the for the majority of situations that they find themselves in, it doesn't make a lot of sense. No, it doesn't, it, and that's that's the reason why he hasn't played. I think most I think most fans at this point understand that and just hope to see him because <laughs> at almost yeah. every game, especially blowouts, people chant "We want Boban," and I love it. It's one of my favorite things about this <laughs> fan base. But uh, coming up, let's get into a couple of the matchups. What's the best and worst matchup for the Mavs in the playoffs in the first round, and then can Luca? carry the Mavs to a title if he's the only all-star on a team. Maybe not just this team, but in the future. We'll talk about that and more coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about betonline.ag. BetOnline uh, has everything for you. The latest odds, contest, player props. BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. Go check it out. All kinds of college basketball stuff. Just check out everything that they have available for you. I can't even keep up with all the college basketball. There's like tournaments right now, and then there's the actual tournament later. Uh, there's all kinds of things all the time. They have division futures for they have division futures for uh, the NBA right now. The Mavs are an underdog to the to the Grizzlies for the Southwest Division. The Grizzlies are a minus fourteen hundred favorite. <laughs> so if you put down <laughs> that's so wild, uh, that is a, a crazy favorite. You'd have to put down fourteen hundred dollars to win a hundred to win a hundred dollars on the Grizzlies right now. That's how wild that that bet is. If you put down 100 bucks on the Mavs to win the Southwest Division and the Mavs win it, then you could win $700. Uh, that is a wild bet right now. It doesn't look like the Mavs are going to win that division. But if you want to bet on that or any other kind of thing, go check out Bet Online. It's not just basketball. They're your source for sports uh, wagering information needs, live betting, favorite Vegas casino games, all that stuff. Head to the website. Use your mobile device to learn more about it. Bet Online. it's where the game starts. Thanks for making Lockdown Maps your first listen of the day. For your next listen, check out the Lockdown Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Lauren, let's get into some more of these questions. What playoff matchup is the best and worst for the Mavs this year? We've been going through this. I think we've been doing this all year, but it just keeps changing because of how these teams have been playing. Memphis, Golden State, Utah, Denver. There's really not another team the Mavs could play in the first round at this point, mm-hmm. right? Minnesota's too far out of it. The Clippers, thank the Lord, are too are too far out of it, even though the Mavs would probably beat them this year. Um, but of those four teams, what do you think is the best matchup for the Mavs? Best matchup, I kind of alluded to it earlier. I think Utah, uh, I just think personnel-wise, we match up, I think, pretty fairly against them. We have the best player in that series, um, which I guess you can't, I mean, whatever. I'm not even going to go down that route. I think in a lot of series, we could potentially have the best player on the court. Um, I mean, of these, I think Jokic these, in Denver is the only one where the Mavs wouldn't necessarily have right. the best player. He's better than John. He's been better than Curry this year. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So 
Um, but yeah, I think, I think Utah is a good one. And I also think that Utah has got some underlying issues that in a playoff atmosphere could come out and that could play into Dallas's favor. So for me, most favorable is Utah. Yeah, I would say I would, I don't know. It's, still, it's tough. It's a tough one. I look at, I really want to see Draymond's supposed to come back in a couple days. Yep. And if Draymond comes back and he has a setback or he's not right for the playoffs, then that is a team that you'd want to play. If Draymond is back, though, then that's a team that I'm not sure the Mavs. Yeah, are, he, they, he would be they would be low on it. The other thing is this Denver team. Like, I know Jokic would be a bad matchup, but the rest of this Denver team is bad. And we are mm-hmm. now into March. We're a month away from the playoffs starting. Right. Like the end of the season is April 10th and it's March 10th as we're recording this. Mm-hmm. So Jamal Murray coming back like we've not seen the Jamal Murray is playing five on five. Jamal Murray is, you know, playing contact like we have not seen that stuff yet. So are we getting. Jamal Murray just debuting for the playoffs, right? Is that the type of Jamal Murray we're getting? Um, the the Denver matchup is the least likely of these, but I, I kind of wonder if that's the team that the Mavs would want to face because they are the least talented of all these teams outside of Jokic. Yeah, it's tough because Memphis, like I've, I've also seen a couple of things about Michael Porter Jr. like nearing a comeback, maybe. I don't know quite what to expect there timeline wise i've just seen a couple of things like timeline i don't know in shape i don't know like what does he look like so he's had a back injury too i mean yeah like that's no joke and so denver outside like i just have questions there and it's kind of similar to golden state like how does does clay kind of continue to get more and more under him and, and build more consistency I don't know. I just don't know what Golden State looks like come playoff time, especially if if Draymond comes back. And even I don't even know what's going on with James Wiseman. Is he coming back? Like that seems all over the place with Eh. those reports. Eh. You know what I mean? Like like, eh. even if he does. (laughs) Am I intimidated by James Wiseman? No. Is he seven foot one, super athletic and probably going to get like 12 rebounds a game? Yeah, that would be a problem for me. (laughs) But I guess you could I mean, you could make the same case about Rudy Gobert. But again, so many questions in terms of injury coming back from injuries. What do they look like? Uh, but Denver and Utah, I guess I kind of, I mean, I feel like those two, you do have an idea of what you're getting. Golden state probably has the, like, if you just pulled their fans and their media, probably the most confidence out of the, out of this whole group, as far as like, we're the best team out of this group for sure. But Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like all five of these teams are just like all on the same level right now. It could just go any way, right? There's, there's no team that's stepping up really to, to match Phoenix, and all these, right. t- any of these teams could beat any of these teams at this point, right? I just don't see, I don't see a way where one team is is dominant over another one. Um, yeah. Do the Mavs need home court in the playoffs? I kind of <laughs> think the only team they would need it against is Utah because I just do not want to play. I don't think the Mavs would want to play four playoff, potentially four playoff games in Utah. That's the only one that stands out to me. Yeah, it's it's tough because like the last two years they haven't had that, and like. They've gone out and I mean, they've performed well on the road, uh, but Memphis is a tough home crowd to play against. Like FedEx forum goes crazy. So like, I just, I, I do, I think that they need it. I, that's not something that I'm necessarily thinking about. It's really just how can you best prepare for the matchup? Because it seems so up in the air right now. So home court advantage to, for me personally, it's not super high priority. Yeah. The only one I'm worried about is Utah. I think that's the only one that I'm even like making it a consideration. Yeah, because uh, I can just imagine a scenario where the Mavs go into go in there and all of a sudden like Donovan Mitchell's taking 30 free throws. I'm like, oh, my God, he is Dwayne Wade. Like, oh, you know, I Dwayne. cannot even think about that scenario. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, all right. Let's move on to a couple questions about Luca. 
Chris asked this question. Could Luka ever take the Mavs to a championship and win it like Dirk while being the only all-star on the team? We have not seen a lot of these teams. Obviously, Dirk is like the last one to win a, a title, being the only star. We saw Kawhi Leonard do it with, you know, Tony Parker and Tim Duncan and, and those guys in the, the end of their career. But do you think in this NBA that Luka could be the only star and take the Mavs to a title? It's it's difficult because part of me wants to be like, okay, well, what if you got a guy that's putting up all-star numbers but just didn't happen to make the team? And so, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But it, yeah. it's difficult the way this league is. But I also am like, Luca's that good of a number one to where it's like maybe, but a lot of that also hinders on the rest of the league because there's such this point of emphasis of teaming up with other guys right now. So it's a really difficult question to answer, but I do have enough belief in Luca that he is so good continuing to get better year after year. And if you, you never know what's going to happen when, if you get a favorable path, you just, and, and injuries, like you just never know. So I don't want to say it's impossible, but you definitely got to have somebody that's putting up more than like, you know, 15 points a game, you know, you've got to have, you've got to have a number two, even if that number two isn't a Chris Middleton or also a clear all-star. The problem with a question like this is that, yes, it could happen. Of course, like everybody on the team could get hot. And then like the, like the run they've just gone through. And yep. then all of a sudden you, you breeze through a couple rounds because the team is shooting like 45% from three or something crazy like that. Right. And mm -hmm. if they hit open yeah. threes, this team is almost unbeatable. Right. It, yeah. It's just, they create so many open opportunities. Luca creates them. Jason gets system has created so many open threes. And if they, if they knock them down and then they can play good enough defense, they can beat anybody, even the Phoenix Suns, I believe. Like I think they could beat them if they made enough threes. The problem mm -hmm. is you don't always make enough threes, but <laughs> you can get hot in the playoffs. It's almost like you know a baseball team. If you can just get your, you know, your bullpen to get hot enough throughout the, you know, the playoffs, then all of a sudden they can just carry you. I think three-point shooting could possibly carry you. Um, but now the Mavs have this, this trio of Luka, Dinwiddie, and Brunson. And the last game against the Knicks court sort of ruined this theory for me, but it's three guys that can get their shot that don't have to be three-pointers, right? That don't have to be these pull-up threes. They can get into the lane, and Dinwiddie can get fouled, and Brunson can hit his little stuff in the lane, and Luka can get his shot against any single player in the league. And, you know, like, they have those options. Uh, none of them worked against the in the game against the Knicks <laughs> the other day except for Luka, but, uh, but they have those other options against some of these other guys. And so I think it's more likely now that they have a couple of those other guys added to this team – um, but man, it's, it's hard. It's hard to win a title and it's hard to win a title when you, you have a, a margin of error that is so small because you don't have that other star on your team, right? Adding another star on your team makes the margin of error bigger and you're able to, to get away with more and to miss threes more and, you know, to do all that. Uh, the Marcy asked the question, is there a lot of similarities for Luca with Harden and, Harden, we saw him try to lead those Rockets teams to titles, and the thing that hold, held Harden back was size. Luca has size on Harden that, uh, and Harden was you know a little better with the ball. Harden was better at a step back. Luca is, is getting to that point in his career, but Luca's size is a big difference in the playoffs because he can hit that mid range stuff that Harden just never did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the mid range part of it is huge. I also think that Luca, there's been more of an emphasis to to play off ball a little bit, and and it not just off ball, but like dribble handoffs, where as with Harden, there was a lot of high pick and roll with, which with Luca again, sim too, very yeah. similar, but there are certain things that Luca does. I feel like to incorporate others that's different than Harden and Harden racked up a bunch of assists, very solid offensively. But I do think that if you watch their games closely, there are enough differences and how Luca incorporates 
just the overall flow of the offense and, and getting those open threes for other guys, I think it's a little bit different. And Luca does any does does things when he's not on the ball, right? Like Harden. Yeah, you <laughs> said it, not me, Nick. Houston <laughs> did not do things when he's <laughs> off the ball. All right, coming up, let's get into Jalen Brunson, Spencer Dinwiddie, because this is a big question for a lot of people. Should Spencer Dinwiddie be in the starting lineup? Is that a move the Mavs need to make? And should we be worried about Jalen Brunson and his play lately? We'll talk about that and more with Lauren coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Built Bar. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They're absolutely delicious. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate, including the puffs, the ones with marshmallow in them. They're low calorie, high protein. They replace your candy bars. I'm, I'm telling you guys. These bars are so good that I would rather eat some of them than a candy bar. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. These are mostly 130 calories, four grams of sugar. That's where you're really getting it right there. Four net carbs and 17 grams of protein. That's crazy. 17 grams of protein and essentially a candy bar. Check out all the different flavors. The coconut brownie chunk one is the best one. They have new flavors all the time. Right now, they have a German chocolate cake bar. They have a shamrock bar. They have the churro puff that I've bought multiple times. I love that bar. Double chocolate, cherry barcia, all kinds of different flavors. Go to built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, Lauren, a couple more questions here. We're getting into Spencer Dinwiddie and Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson took this leap this year, and for him, it was a little bit of a blessing and a curse, I think, because anytime a player like that takes a leap where they go from a, all right, he's a pretty good bench player, like spot starter every once in a while, to, oh, dang, this guy is a starter and has forced his way into the starting lineup because he's playing that well, then all of a sudden there's expectations on him. Um and we've seen Brunson in some of these games against especially the the you know the Western Conference playoff teams or just playoff teams in general not be able to play the same way he's been able to play against the you know the thunders of the world and the magics of the world you know the things like that um couple bunch of people asked this question uh should we be worried about Jalen Brunson right now and Jalen Brunson's play against um against playoff teams Personally, I'm not worried about him. I definitely think that there are certain playoff teams that do a solid job of neutralizing him. I think Phoenix is one. I think the Clippers are one. Um, but well, they're not playing either of those teams in the first round. Exactly. <laughs> they're not playing either of those teams first round. And you have Spencer Dinwiddie, which I know is a very much a part of this conversation, but he just like being able to rely on him allows Jalen Brunson to be even more of a catch and shoot three guy. If he needs to be in a certain matchup, which he's proven he can be a solid player in, in that role uh, this season. So personally, I'm not worried about Jalen Brunson. These last couple of games have, have definitely been tough, but when you insert a guy like Spencer Dinwiddie, obviously there are going to be some changes there and you're going to need to adjust to those changes. So personally, I'm not worried about Jalen Brunson. I'm more than happy with what he's done this season. And uh, yeah, I've got a lot of faith in him. Yeah, I'm worried. I, I'm worried that I've not seen his little like get in the lane and, and you know and juke and turn juke around, and juke yeah. and pivot on one foot and turn around and hit a shot. We just have mm. not seen that very often, and I'm curious why. Um, I'm curious why we haven't seen him hit that as much. Is it just the way that teams are defending him? Is it the way now that the Mavs are set up? Is it because adding Dinwiddie now takes away mm -hmm. some of that space that he, you know that that he used to have in the, in the paint? We just haven't seen that part of his game very often. So I started to look at some of the numbers for the season. Jalen Brunson is averaging 16 points, just over five assists. He's shooting 49% from the field, 37% from three, 80% from the line. If you take him as just a starter, 46 games he's played as a starter this year. He's almost at 18 points a game. He's at uh, almost six rebounds a game, 50, 40, and then 84 
uh, shooting splits, which is really good. Like that's, I mean, that's the next level that he took as a player this year. Against playoff teams, the top eight teams in both conferences, that's 35 games total, you know, starts and not starts. 14 points a game, five assists, shooting 45, 32, and 77% from the line. Against just the West playoff teams, he's shooting, he's, he's averaging 14 points, just over five assists, shooting 43, 30, and 76. Now, if you couldn't follow some of those numbers, it's what's, what, what, uh, falls off for him against some of these teams is the three-point shot. Mm-hmm. The three-point shooting has really fallen off. As a starter this year, he's shooting 40% from three. Against playoff teams this year, he's shooting 30% from three. That's been the big difference. So that doesn't even match my concern about him not being able to get his shot off in the lane. It's just mm-hmm. he's not been a, he's not been hitting shots and three-point shots against some of these West playoff teams. Now, does that mean that you know, a lot of these teams will throw a wing on him and basically take him out of the game. You know, Memphis will throw, you know, like Kyle Anderson or somebody on him or Golden State will throw like Otto Porter or, or Wiggins on him or something. And just like that kind of a guy, that big of a presence takes him out of the game. But right. I started looking at those numbers. I'm like, those numbers kind of worry me. But the three-point shooting is weird to me that that is the thing that's fallen off from him instead of, you know, the like the two-point shooting or something else. Yeah, it's tough because so I'm sitting here looking at the team's numbers right now, and Spencer Dinwiddie is shooting. Full, I don't even feel confident saying this. I'm looking at Basketball Reference, 45 percent on just under five threes a game, and so sometimes I I I wonder like with the looks that he's getting in terms of now the way this team is set up, if Luca's not getting a bucket and we need somebody to get a bucket, it's Dinwiddie. That's that's how it goes, and it's not just mid-range it's not just at the rim like this dude we've seen him hit enough iso threes like off dribble moves and so part of me wonders how that does affect Jalen Brunson and how that does affect I mean those those games against playoff teams how many of them are recent games and granted we've only had Spencer Dinwiddie for like a month now not even but I I do wonder if there's a little bit of skew there I don't know but uh with Jalen I do think that these playoffs are going to be big because last year, I mean, we've gone up against the Clippers the last two years, but, and that's not a favorable matchup for him, but like he hasn't performed too well. And so he's taken this step up. This is his opportunity to, to really like say, Hey, I'm a, I'm a starter on this team. He's our nut spot, but now you got to go put your money where your mouth is in the playoffs. And if he can't do that, especially like first two games, say he's not performing very well. I would not be surprised at all if you see a lineup switch, which might even, I don't know, that might sound crazy to some people in the in a playoff setting, but sometimes you got to make those changes. A bunch of people asked this question too. Um, a bunch of people asked the question. Oh, Mason and Joseph both, both asked the question. So Spencer didn't really replace Brunson in the starting lineup right now. Is that something that the Mavs should do? And one of the one of the things I think factors into this is Spencer didn't be shooting 45% from three and hitting these catch and shoot threes. I think that that'll come down, come back down to earth a little bit. I don't think he's going to shoot. He's not been an elite shooter in his career. That's not something right. that's been his calling guard. He has shot well at times in his career, but that's not something that I think can keep up. So that's something we're going to have to monitor. But um, I don't know, man. I, yeah. it's having, having a lineup out there where Spencer Dinwiddie is the shortest guy and he's 6'6", six, six, that just gets, that allows you to that's do true. so much on defense. And Brunson hasn't been bad. On defense, there's not been many teams that have hunted Brunson consistently in a tight spot and have succeeded and uh, or even tried to do it. But, yeah, having Spencer Dinwiddie, <laughs> like, it's it's better in the closing lineups, I think. But um, the starting five probably doesn't mean anything. Luca's been killing it in starting fives anyway. And so uh, that's where the Mavs really win. So I don't know. I don't know about starting five, but in closing fives, maybe, maybe. 
Yeah, I mean, it does kind of seem like there are certain nights where he does get the nod over Jalen Brunson, and it just depends on who the matchup is and what's been going on that night. And so I think, yeah, like what you said, the closing lineup is definitely the most important. Um, I don't, I hate to put it this way, but I also wonder how much impending free agency impacts Jalen has earned this spot. We want to keep him in a starting role. We don't want to give him, hey, you know. Jason Kidd came out the other week and said, I'm here to like win basketball games and make these guys money, right? Isn't that something? Yeah, he did say that. He said that. He come out and say that, right? Does does that change? Do you think that changes anything that he does with with Jalen Brunson knowing that fact? Um, Maybe. I think it has more to do with. Did it change anything for Porzingis? Because I think it did. Uh, yeah, that's a good that's a good thought. I don't know. I I do think the the biggest thing is the fact that Jalen has taken the step up this year, and and even like looking back on the nights when Luca was out and he had to step up, and he, like he was stepping up and putting those putting up numbers. And so yeah. I do think that he's earned it, and this he's so beloved within this organization, he's earned the spot, and they're going to continue to give him the spot until or unless it becomes so obvious that they need to put Dinwiddie in that role. And it just, there's no way around it. But I, what you said about having the shortest guy in your lineup being six, six, like, I love that. I just love that. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. I guess we will see. We will see what happens by the way, uh, over the last 10 games or so, Din, uh, Brunson is averaging 16 points a game and he's shooting 48% from three. That's since that's basically since Dinwiddie has been added. So his three point shooting has definitely gone up in the uh you know the time with, with Spencer Dinwiddie now he and that's even that's even missing five threes against the Knicks the other night what if I take that out in uh nine games he's shooting 56 percent from three so with wow. Spencer Dinwiddie and Luca he's been shooting way better from three so that is a positive trend for sure that all three of these guys even Luca is shooting better from three right now yep. that is a, a positive trend for all of them so I think let's let's keep the lineups the way that they are right now. The three guard lineup has been a lot better than I expected it to be. Dinwiddie's been a little bit better than I thought on defense. Brunson has been still holding his own. Those guys have been uh, deferential enough and aggressive enough in their capacity. And Jason Kidd is somehow like marionette puppeting them all <laughs> to where they're all playing along well. But uh, yeah, that's the that's the situation with Jalen Brunson, Spencer Dinwiddie. I think it just has to keep playing out the way that it is. And in uh, come playoff time, we'll see what Jason Kidd decides because I think. There would be like a nut up or shut up situation, right? Where yeah, he's like, all right, I, I think I'm so. going to put Dinwiddie out there or I'm going to keep uh, Brunson and Dinwiddie together. Last couple of questions. Let's let's run through some of these uh, random ones. News with booze. Asked, <laughs> Do the Mavs still have that leadership council? If so, who has been added? Jason Kidd commented about the leadership council a little while ago. Yeah. I don't even know. I feel like he probably <laughs> wants to try and keep and keep it, but do I feel like it's what it was? I mean, obviously it's not what it was at the start of because KP's of this gone and Tim right. Hardaway's hurt. <laughs> right. But like, have you replaced it and tried to keep the same like idea? I don't know. I, I my belief is that they're continuing to just try and emphasize like open communication and hearing everybody's input in terms of like the office, like getting their looks, just input get your input in and make everybody feel like heard and and empowered within the offense, within the system. So everyone can play at their best. I don't, I don't know how I feel necessarily about the leadership council being this whole thing. I don't think the leadership council decided about anything like that. (laughs) Jason Kidd was like, Hey, I got this crazy idea. What if every single player on the, in the lineup played opening night and the leadership council was like, sure, that sounds good. And then they did. That's basically. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't Um, know what to think. Last question. This is from an account called Lockdown Rangers that happens to be a podcast about a baseball team in the Metroplex in this area. 
Uh, over under four, five, four and a half Mavs who heard the news about baseball's lockout ending today. Oh, I love this. We, we, we see the Mavs talk all the time about, you know, football and college basketball yeah. and obviously like, you know, soccer. But I, I don't see them talking about baseball. The only baseball reference we ever see from the Mavs is Jason Kidd and that powder blue, like, yeah, Rangers, <laughs> Rangers fitted hat that he always wears. Well, I'm like, I'm trying to draw or like reach back and think, have I ever? The problem seen... is they're all gone. They're all like, they're all living back home. Like, they, I don't think besides like Dwight and them, I don't think anybody lives yeah. here over the off season. Yeah, that's, to, go, I mean, that's to a, go to a baseball game to is my go point. To a, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I just am like, have I ever? Se- I think the only time I've ever seen a Mavs player in a baseball jersey is at the Heroes game. Like, I don't, I don't see them. <laughs> yeah, at, yeah, Dirk, I Dirk's charity. See them at the Dirk's yeah, charity baseball game where guys come out and actually game. play and wear a jersey. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, and so I just, I don't know, but I, I hope that they're on board, especially with the the free agency act or pickups. I who knows. I yeah, I'm excited to go to some Rangers game. I've, Me I've, too. I've moved back recently and I have not gone to the the stadium inside yet. So I'm excited to go to that. I'm excited to go to a baseball game. Uh, actually, let's hear from Bryce. Bryce got all excited today. This is Bryce's lockdown now from Lockdown Rangers daily podcast about the Texas Rangers. Let's hear what Bryce had to say. Oh, welcome back, baseball. Welcome back. I've missed you. I've missed you so much. I I promise I will never take you for granted again, even in the in the deep September games of a rebuild. I'm Bryce Patrick, host of the Lock On Texas Rangers podcast. With one thing you need to know about the hopeful April seventh actual opening day of Major League Baseball season for your Texas Rangers. Up the middle infield, two of the biggest free agents in Texas Rangers franchise history, in Marcus Simeon at second base and Corey Seager at shortstop. Are they going to be worth the hype? worth the $500 million combined they're going to be making. They should be making a big splash. They may range made a big splash in free agency. Hopefully that big splash translates on the field. I absolutely cannot wait to finally have some fun end of rebuild. Now good baseball happening at the Rangers new stadium. All that and more coming up on the next episode of locked on Rangers. So tune in and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. All right, there you go. Lauren Gunn, go read her stuff on Mavs Money Mall. Go follow her on Twitter. You can see her Twitter handle in the description of this podcast. Great stuff all the time. And uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with this Mavs team. It's what we're doing every single day. Thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen. We will be back tomorrow. Isaac has you covered with the Mavs versus Rockets post game, And you will be able to uh, get that from, from him. Now, make your second listen. Locked On NBA, I'm sure the boys are going to be talking about the Sixers and the Nets. That's probably if that's not segment one, guys, tweet me and let me know or else I'll come after <laughs> them. Lockdown experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA Monday through Friday in 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Babs. Peace out. Boom. Oh.